Welcome, everybody, to the Mando Fan Show. We are back, baby! It has been a long <laughs> time since the Mando Fan Show has been here. Uh, about a year, but if you really want to go Mando style, it's been a couple of years. Um, so we found all our set pieces. We put everything together. And as you can see, the Mando Fan Show is back, baby. I'm John. Thank you for joining us on this awesome show that we're going to talk all about. Chapter 17, The Apostate of the Mandalorian Season 3, written by John Favreau and directed by Rick Famuyiwa. Podcasting tonight with me, as always, is James Bainey and Lacey Gillerin. How are you guys doing? Oh. You guys amped up? I already know our scores, so I know how we're feeling. But are you guys just excited that the Mando fan show is back? It's TRB Live but it's just, it's its own flavor. It's different. 100%. Yeah, I watched this episode and it really made me feel like Star Wars is back. Like there were things just about it that James I James said that this morning in a text to us. Oh yeah, I did. I said it to you guys. So I was like- Big spoilers. Just- I didn't know Star Wars was back. And then James is like, guys, Star Wars is back. And I'm like, dude- Come on. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's I, maybe it maybe it is just the live action act, action aspect of it. Um, but, you know, I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying Bad Batch, but I'm not feeling like like, I don't know, like oh, Star Wars, you know, yeah. like yeah. all of a sudden when I was watching this episode, there were just so many things that happened that I was like, that is Star Wars. Like, I don't know. I just yeah. got very excited. Yeah, I. Mando is like my comfort character. People say it a lot online. And I've always been like, oh, I don't really have one. I think the Mandalorian is my comfort character. Like as soon as he's on screen, I know it's going to be a good time. I know I'm going to leave the episode smiling. And this episode was no different. I think it was a perfect kind of introduction, bring us back into the Mandoverse. Um, Just seeing like familiar faces, similar name drops here and there, and just seeing Grogu again. It's just like a straight smile nonstop for, you know, 35, 40 minutes. It's such a good time. And uh, we're going to get into it. But I felt like this episode in particular was everything that I love about Star Wars. So for James to say Star Wars is back for me, I 100 <laughs> percent agree because this episode had me laughing. I was kind of like on the edge of my seat. It was exciting. Oh, man. Um, and that's what I want from Star Wars. I want to leave feeling like i can't wait to do that again and that's what i got from this episode yeah i agree and we're gonna get into it i i completely agree i feel like it ran through so many different tones and emotions um from from light to serious and uh like sort of ominous in certain parts and then absolutely silly in others action-packed like for a, for a 34 or five minute episode or whatever it it brought a lot, especially for something that's supposed to just set the tone. So, mm-hmm. uh, and full disclosure to our audience, um, typically at the end of the Mando Fan Show episodes, we speculate on the next week. Um, we were fortunate enough, the three of us, to be able to see Chapter 18. We are not going to talk about it on this, so do not worry about that. But of course, because we've seen it, we're not going to be speculating on that because <laughs> that makes zero sense whatsoever. Um, before we get into it, and I know what you're waiting for, everyone. I want to see your your scores in the chat on the Pedro Pascal face scale. That's coming. But before uh, we do that, I just want to say, if you don't mind taking a moment 
and liking the video and subscribing to our channel. Um, we are steadily approaching 2,000 subscribers. So thanks to everybody who has joined us on this new channel uh, that we've had for uh, just a couple of months now. Uh, YouTube.com slash at the resistance broadcast uh, if you're listening on audio. Uh, and also we have the super chats. If you want your comment read on the show and reacted to by us, um, we have the super chats available for that. And thank you for those in advance for anyone who will be sending those. And last but not least, you know, shows like this, doing it live at the quality we are trying to do it for you all. Um, we couldn't do it without our Patreon supporters. So all of our resistance officers over there, thank you so much for uh, backing us and being behind us and believing in us. And if you're thinking about it or you're uh, debating on, oh, is this the right time to join the TRB Patreon? It is, especially today, because after this show, we are heading right to our live Q&A where we're going to be answering all sorts of questions. Some Star Wars stuff, of course, but you can ask us anything in those. And some of the stories that come out are pretty interesting, to say the least. Um, but yeah, if you want to sign up for Patreon, patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Tiers start at just $5 a month. A lot of bonus content on there, a lot of benefits, perks. We have a Discord server, uh, a lot of awesome stuff that really shows what our community is all about. And last but not least, if you have an audio podcast app you love, follow, subscribe, and rate us. We appreciate that so much. And that's enough with the plugging, all right? It's time to do some rating, and we're going to get into the Pedro Pascal base scale. Now, if you're new to our show, how this works, each of us rated the episode 0 to 10 Pedros. Uh, and we're, you're going to see on the screen what that means in a moment. You can use halves as well, and then uh, we're going to average those together and give you our score. And then we're going to check in and see what our patrons score uh, this episode as well. We always like to see if we're on with where they're at and we're going to read some of their comments on what they felt about chapter 17 the apostate uh a great reintroduction back into the mandalorian and away we go so to kick things off i will uh start off by saying this episode for me got an 8.5 on the pedro pascal face scale i think like i said at the top it's a great reintroduction. It's launching us to these new adventures and stories. Uh, so certainly the episodes that come after are going to build upon this. Um, and it just, get, it, for a first episode, when I compare it to the other first episodes, uh, I think it holds strongly with the, the rest. But I'll say visually, aesthetically, they've taken it a step up. Uh, it just, it, it looks great. The special effects look amazing and credit to Rick Famuyiwa and of course, John Favreau and the team for all of that and everyone at ILM. Uh, great job from that perspective. It looks like they really are taking the show to another level. Maybe they were pushed a bit by Andor to step it up in terms of uh, uh, the scale and feel. Uh, but James, I'm going to toss it to you. I'm 8.5. Where are you at with chapter 17 on the Pedro Pascal face scale? I'm going eight. Um, I was thinking about the comparison that you just mentioned too, like how it compares to like the first episodes of the seasons. And I still say season two, episode one is like incredible. Like Big that time. was yeah. a, a total uh, short film, you know, all the way through. So it didn't live up to that, but I was thinking about uh, season one and season one was just kind of straightforward. It was a good episode of the Mandalorian. It gave us the baby Yoda moment, but you know, you can't let that, totally um throw you you know what i mean all that is the introduction of this cultural phenomenon just the episode itself you know had a cool moment where you got to see a a baby version of this species um 
so thinking about that, it, it lined up. I, I felt like this episode wasn't necessarily like the best season uh, premiere, and I don't think it would have been a very great season finale. Um, it just felt like a really good, solid episode throughout the the full season. So I'm excited. I thought there were a couple weird points, um, uh, but mostly a, uh, a lot of really awesome, strong, exciting points. So. Uh, eight overall nice solid score Lacey. how about you what's your score to kick off season three of the mandalorian um i gave it an 8.5 and i know people are going to be surprised because it's not a nine or higher and it's because mm-hmm. what james said i looked back on the previous seasons and i thought you know how did i feel with chapter nine and the excitement of Cobb vanth and the monster the crate dragon everything didn't match up with this one um, but I did give it a very high score because of my favorite moment and or several moments. Um, mm. But there were a couple moments throughout the episode that I was like, okay, this is obviously going to be here for a reason. But right now it doesn't really make sense, which we've said before with kind of rating these episodes episode to episode and not yeah. the full season at once. It's kind of tough just because they're building a story and they're building kind of story arcs with characters and different things. So it's, you're, you're seeing things happen and then kind of filing them away being like, okay, this is going to come back later. But currently when you watch it from beginning to end, there are little pieces that you're like, okay, well, what was the point of said thing? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I loved it. I was, I'm not kidding, smiling from point A to point B, like from start to finish. I, was so pumped to be back talking and seeing i was talking to myself mostly at like whatever 6 a.m or whatever it was but yeah, yeah laughing and just having a good time with the mandalorian because it's one of my favorite things about star wars nice all right so our scores average together comes out to an 8.3 there 8. look at 3. all those pedro pascal faces look at all of them not the last of us anymore when you have that many Pedros on the screen. That's for sure. That's true. They're multiplying. Uh, a ve- right. Uh, like a fungus. Um, <laughs> a very, very good score for us at 8.3. Solid, especially for a, a kickoff episode, which is more of a, um, just to lay the groundwork. But now we're going to uh, check in with our patrons who were just a tick behind us with an 8.2, James. There 8. it is. 2. So a little a, a shave less uh pedro but another good score nonetheless and uh checking in on some of the comments from our patrons we're going to start with adam furley one of our newer patrons and adam said 8.5 pedros so right online with uh me and Lacey. he said great start to the season i think it sets up well for what's to come i can't wait neither can i am very excited about that and then we have megan poller hi megan i'm not sure if you're joining us live tonight i know you pop in sometimes also with an 8.5 on the pedro pascal face scale uh megan said i agree with everyone uh which are all the comments that were on our patreon post that was a solid start i loved everything about it only complaint was that it was a little short but i know the more intense stuff is coming yeah i mean i'm sure there will be longer episodes and who knows i noticed that like right away when i looked at it i was like 35 minutes i was like "Ooh, that's yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's a little short little short but you know maybe that's all it needed you know we'll see i'm sure there'll be longer episodes maybe there'll even be shorter episodes in in Mm -hmm. the future we'll see the mandalorian doesn't really stick to a certain template um So you should just try to serve the story there. Um, all right. So now what we're going to do well, here. Do you want to do a couple people in the chat? Yeah. Yeah, scores? sure. We can do some scores okay. in the chat. 
So first we have Kendall who gave it an IG 11 out of 10. Oh, nice. <laughs> and he said the reason because this episode had everything, humor, wonder, excitement, foreboding, droids, and zealons, and some of our favorite characters across many visits. It was everything I could hope for in a perfect open. Thanks so much, Kendall. But on the other side of that, we had Ryan Wara. Hey, Ryan, who said seven out of 10 Pedros. And his reason was as a premiere, I felt it lacked a little bit, but I think we're starting the season in the basement and it's going to build every week. Thank you for your comments. Appreciate it. Nice. Yeah. I mean, typically, Mando's typically I found that trying to head to a basement at some point. So. <laughs> yeah, typically, I've found that almost every season has started really big and then that second episode sort of slumps. Have yeah. you guys noticed that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, a little I, bit. I don't know. It usually picks up. Yeah, I, I feel like the... I don't know, the spider episode was very scary for me. That was yeah, and I show. think chapter two is aging better That's for true. me just because true too. Yeah. we understand Grogu more and I think seeing him initially use those powers uh, is a lot different than when we initially saw it. But I, Yeah, um, and then I was also thinking Book of Boba Fett as well, like as far as the premiere and then mm -hmm. also the second episode. Actually, both of those were a little lackluster to start a series. Was that the lizard one, the nose lizard? Yes, that was the first one, and then the second. Well, no, yeah, the, the second. Sec Wasn't the nose was the, lizard second? Was the second one where he was on the train? Then, yeah, I think so. I thought that was. I don't know. It's kind of confusing. <laughs> they all kind of ran together. It was a lot of Boba Fett digging in sand and stuff. Yeah, I think the first Boba Fett was where he was digging in the sand, and that sort of uh, claymation the monster popped out. Goro thing came yeah. out, yeah. yeah. But then this—I was trying to remember if it was the second or the third where he was on the train, and I think he I think that was the second one. Yeah, it was the second one. Yeah. So um, maybe that picked it up a little bit, but yeah. What's nose lizard? Why am I not remembering nose lizard? Where he sucked a nose, like the lizard into his nose. Oh, big train yeah, that was. Oh yeah, I think that was. That was later. That, that was the was first like one. No, people. Said the, it was first the first episode one. at the end of the first. Oh wow! Really? We need to rewatch Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The only oh, one like... I've rewatched is the last episode, which most people dislike, but it's my favorite. Um. All right. <laughs> so let's get into the Mando Code for this season. That's right. The Mando Code is back. It's our season-long giveaway contest. Um, we're gonna reveal a number on each episode. And on our season finale episode, we'll reveal the final number and how to submit your guesses to win the Mando Code bounty. Uh, now, the grand prize is, Lacey's going to show it to you here, is a Star Wars Black Series, the Mandalorian Ahsoka Tano Grogu action figure three-pack. Yeah, <laughs> back there. Uh, and also a Resistance Broadcast logo t-shirt. And we might add to this bounty as our journey this season goes along. But make sure you're keeping track of the code. Don't share it because you want to win it. You don't want someone else to win it. So if someone's like, hey, I missed Mando Fanshawe. What was the code? Be like, ah, that's not how bounty hunting works. Go find it yourself. So between you and us, the first number in the Mando code is seven. Hmm. seven. Write it down. You like that friend's reference? No, I, I don't like friends. I got it. I don't like friends either, but I do like that part. Uh, James, I actually think you brought that up on like an episode. I did recently, like yeah. recently, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, all right. So before we get into anything further, uh, which would be our main discussion and breakdown of the episode, uh, Lacey, do we have any super chats? We do. So thank you to Gary, 24 fan for your super chat. Really Gary. appreciate it. Hey, Gary. Thank you. He says, can we get a big amen for a Star Wars pirate finally saying avast? Avast! <laughs> amen. <laughs> Yeah. Amen. That you know, very cool. I I looked up that character's voice because it sounded so familiar to me, and I don't recognize the actor, um, the name, like the yeah. voice actor. Yeah. I, no, I, I, yeah, I already forgot his He's name like, that quickly. I forgot. I got no, it. I mean, I looked I it up it. earlier today, but and it was like I was expecting it would be like someone you know you oh that's it all right but it was just a person that i didn't know and i was like oh man and i looked it's up videos of that person talking and i was marty like marty matulis the voice what uh, okay. marty matulis that's the that if that's what you're seeing on imdb that's the um that's the actor inside the the body oh so the, the credits. voice yeah that's what i'm saying but that but the voice is someone else Interesting. well i don't know we can look well, it up, but uh, Gorian Shard is played by Nanzo Anazi. Are these it. real people? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was like, these I are better Star Wars names completely. than some of the recent Star Wars <laughs> names. Just let, let them use their normal name. Yeah. Right, we're going. We're going to visit this pirate. His name is Nanzo Anazi. Yeah, I agree yeah. with Luke in the chat who said that strong Davy Jones vibes. Yeah, it that's totally good. felt like ILM was like, "Yo, let's get Davy Jones back in here," but like not Davy Jones. <laughs> that's yeah, totally the vibe yeah, I got. I, I hear that in a weird way too. And I can't explain this because his voice is his voice, but it almost sounded, I was like, is that uh, James Earl Jones? I was like, it wouldn't be, it doesn't make any sense, but it had that tone to it or something to it where I was like, I I'm pretty sure it's not him, but I don't know. It just sounded so familiar, but mm-hmm. thank you. Well, before we get, into the main I'm discussion asked. we do have one more super chat thank you so much paul thanks, paul. paul i know you're watching with hey. your daughter so hi how's it going hello uh thanks for watching thanks for your super chat he said hated seeing bo so dejected hope she comes around later in the season <laughs> great episode overall yeah me I too agree. Thank I, you, paul. I laughed to myself because you said dejected and i pictured the way she was sitting on that chair that throne which was so unnecessary like it very much read to me like paul rudd in that like what's that that summer camp movie where he's just like like with the (laughs) the dishes do you know what i'm talking about what's that wet hot american summer hot american summer yeah Yeah. where he's like she's like put the cart put the dishes back on the cart and he's like like that's where i got like i got very like teenage (sighs) like fine like i don't want to be a mandalorian like it was just very like over the top i get it though because it kind of was like she was draped over this this throne but for me it just very it it seemed very funny based on how katie sackoff carries herself she's very fit she's very has very good posture she struts very well so to see her like uncomfortably like laying i I feel like that was kind of comfortable because i used to sit with like my leg up on we had this big like couch chair thing in college i used to sit with my leg like over it like i don't I'm know i'm not I... saying it's not normal to sit like that i'm saying no, it's, it's like not normal for bo katan to sit like that sure yeah I, I bet they went through like a bunch of different options katie you know? if you're yeah. out there listening tell me if that position was comfortable <laughs> i think you're just getting about... straight and like her legs like just together just like this as manda walks in he's like what what, what, are, you, what are you doing what she's are you like i've for? been waiting here yeah. i kept thinking about like her 
eating at some point, like sitting on the throne, like it's been all day, and she's yeah. like, oh, "It's about lunchtime." Better she pulls the tray and... around. <laughs> yeah, she pulls the TV yeah, tray. Exactly. The Dude, he, like, even brings in that thing, and she's eating on the throne. I don't know. It like just seems you know so how, funny. Uh, like she has all those windows and stuff. Yeah, and uh, I think in one of the teasers, there's like a shot of her looking out the window, and it's like raining or whatever. Um, right. It'd be funny if she was doing that, and then like she sees him like flying in, and she like runs over to her chair to like get on her chair. She was like doing something else, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, cleaning yeah. or dancing around or something. She's like, wait, well, wait. I feel like, like there's an announcement, and it's like somebody's coming, and she like is like, like okay. running down the hall, like trying to get back there as soon as she can. Let him in. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to mention though, someone did mention this in the chat, and I feel the same way. Uh, Aleo, Aleo, awesome name, uh, says mm-hmm. Bo-Katan's hair is looking much better this season with like a all right hand symbol. And I, that is the first thing I said to these guys in the morning. I was like, her it hair is. looks great. And I didn't, I didn't notice it, but I, I saw her and I thought I felt more comfortable with her. Whereas before in the first season, I thought there was something off with her costuming. Her hair looks so good. And we kind of got to the hair thing and I was like, yeah, I think that's it. I didn't notice it till you said it, but I was like, I think that might be it. I think it and looks the headband better isn't and she so looks bulky. more it's like normal. Night. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. But sorry, we can now transition into like a full conversation. I don't know if we were going from like the the beginning to the end or if we want to start. Well, at the no. End. So Let's do our yeah, favorite we, parts. Yeah, we oh, don't sure. have to. Yeah, we do not have to. Like, we never go chronological here. We don't need to tell you what happened in the show. You know what happened. Um, but we always start things off with the quick shot. And that is our favorite moment or shot from the episode. We're just going to give you a couple sentences as to why we picked that particular moment. And we always do our best to try to each pick a different moment. Um, but uh, we're going to kick things off with James uh, this season. Uh, so, James, Chapter 17, uh, did you have a favorite moment or shot from this episode? Um, there were quite a few, but I think the one that had the most real reaction for me um, was a moment where I actually put my hands up like this. <laughs> I, yeah, I was too. watching it. it there were so many times where I was like, I wish I did record myself watching this because I'm having real reactions to this. Um, and can and... I tell you, I did record myself this morning, guys, for our patrons. I'm starting to do that. Mm-hmm. I recorded the whole episode. I had a towel on my head because I got out of the shower and was like, you know, what? let's just do this <laughs> casually. I recorded the whole episode and I get to the end to go rewatch it and I had no sound. My microphone like wasn't routed properly through OBS. So I lost the whole episode. Oh, but let me tell you. you meant. Okay. I'm, I yes. thought you meant for something else. So it was showing me wow. the thing, but it wasn't properly whatever. Anyway. Right. But let me tell you, I immediately texted at that point because even in the recording, I said, James is somewhere losing his mind. <laughs> Yep. And that's <laughs> the moment is this moment. <laughs> so don't yeah. worry, Travis in the chat who said no one was excited for space whales. So James, yes. for, for the audio listeners, what is your favorite moment? It is when we saw the Pergils in hyperspace. And yeah, I I uh I went back to and was trying to listen to see if there was any like musical cues there, uh like hints at what could be coming, you know, but I didn't pick up on anything it still felt very mandalorian soundtrack um but i think i think this is those things where you've put so much energy into something else into another show to see it referenced or uh hinted at being able to come to life it puts so much 
relevance back on that show. Like you're getting payoff for spending the time with us eight years ago, you know, or what, you know, whenever rebels was, was going through its process. Um, Mm-hmm. man eight years ago that's crazy i think like eight years ago is when it like ended if i'm not mistaken no anyway. no six years ago six years ago all right yeah. i'll take your word for it um and uh yeah it was just it was just absolutely incredible and it felt like i was totally in on something that a lot of people i mean i obviously you guys and and listeners of the show and everything that we all know what's going on here, but so many people are going to be like, what is that? And it's like, I know I'm the one who it was a very cool, like he, 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 and it's, yeah. and it's this big setup and it's like this, it's the weird stuff. Like when rebels came out, everybody was like space whales and oh, it's so weird and stuff. And now it just, it feels like this big payoff, like, Oh, they took, they didn't take the cool stuff. They took the weird stuff and they're bringing it to now, live action. And James, let me ask you this. so much shit. I just felt so happy in that moment. Before, uh, no, Lacey and it's I have real. To get... That's what I felt like. It's real. It's yeah. really happening. Yeah, I feel that way anytime things cross over different mediums or timelines yeah. and stuff. Like seeing the N1 for the first time in this era was wild. Um, but do you think this was just sort of a Filoni's like, I want to throw some purgles in here? Or do you think this has any connection whatsoever in terms of destination as to where Ezra and Thrawn went is it connected or is it just there's some other purgles flying through hyperspace so so here's here's where I stand on it is that if Ahsoka wouldn't have man- mentioned where's Grand Admiral Thrawn then I would probably say this is just an Easter egg. This is just something cool that people are supposed to look at. A wink, but it's a Dave Filoni wink. Exactly. Yeah. But it's so evident that they're they've they've cast Sabine for the Ahsoka show. And she said, Where's Thrawn? That's a setup. They're looking for Thrawn. Then they show this, the Purgles, and it's like, oh, they have to explain who Ezra is. What happened to Thrawn? Where, how did he, you know, what's the story here? And this is just another way to sort of throw into the live action world these hints that, um, you know, when somebody says, uh, you know, maybe they don't explain it. Maybe they're like, well, who's this Ezra guy? Oh, you should have seen it. There were these space whales and he got trapped and they got sent into space whales. And it's like, yeah, then it's easily recognizable. They could say, right. well, they were in season uh three episode one you saw them over there and right. people can like connect it and it doesn't feel like people are then missing out they don't have to watch all of rebels because they can kind of get the gist of a story from someone who did and they mm-hmm. feel just as connected to it because that's there it's like right. it, it just feels like it's all setting up for that direction of they're going to end the rebel stories in this world most likely obviously over in ahsoka and this is right part of the plan it's so good i love it yeah Mm -hmm. and as we go through this episode and like talk about the different pieces this was definitely a scene to me that stood out as first of all that's awesome for people that love rebels i mean rebels is great but i'm saying like people that are super fans for rebels that love these little glimpses here and there this was a moment that was like screaming in your face Mm -hmm. but also you'll see i feel in this season so far is dave filoni and the writers are doing a very good job of explaining difficult concepts within star wars through the eyes of grogu so within this episode they do a lot of explaining hyperspace and navigating and all these things for someone that might not know what this is they're saying grogu doesn't know what it is either 
So don't feel bad that you don't know. And mm-hmm. also him going through everything with Mando and going through all these scenarios, there are moments where the main characters are talking to him and it makes it made me feel like, oh, this is for someone that just mm-hmm. likes this show that maybe isn't a big Star Wars fan that they're explaining without explaining. You know what I mean? Like they're telling yeah. Grogu yes. so that you don't feel like you're left out. But at the same time, you're seeing it through his eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the moment I saw it, I was like, Purgles. I was like, I knew it immediately. Yeah, you knew ex- exactly. Yeah. And yeah. it's, so uh, I, and, and- I did think it was like a giant ship for that very first scene. I was like, what is that over there? Is there going to be something like, I wish we had your reaction to James because I was thinking in my head what it would be. And I just know that it would, it was literally like, no, no. No. Yeah, I was just saying, oh my god, a lot. I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Well, there was yeah. there was also like Gro- Grogu's like they played that sort of like um, lullaby sort of wonder wonderment mm-hmm. music. Yeah, and mm-hmm. everything like slows down, and then he's like, all right, this is too real for me, and he like ducks down and he gets into like the cabin with with Mando who was sleeping. So James, you had called that a long time ago too in that shot. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. It's like that, yeah. Um all right, let's move on because uh we still have to get into our main discussion. So let's get to these uh, yeah. one-shotters. Uh Lacey, what was your favorite moment or shot from chapter 17? So no one's going to be surprised by my choice either. <laughs> I feel like people that have listened to us for years are like going through these episodes being like, "Yep, James's favorite." Yeah. Yep. Lacey's favorite. Yep. John's favorite. Yeah. And I'm sure nobody's surprised. My favorite is the Anzellans is the Babu Fricks, if you will, <laughs> of the universe that are there, the droid smiths. Awesome. Uh, and that entire scene is everything I love about Star Wars. It is that kind of magical creature shop, puppeteering, ridiculous, funny moment. You have Mando kind of crouched in this little workshop. You have Carl Weather being like, they're saying this. And like, they're clearly saying that. And he's like, he's oh, saying- that was the funniest Part of it the whole was thing. such a good exchange. Uh, Grogu squeezing him, and he's like, "Bad baby, no squeeze." Bad <laughs> yeah, baby. yeah like bad baby. Bad now baby. that I have a baby, these hit even harder for me because there are multiple times with our cats that I'm like, "No, no, no, no don't squeeze." No, 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 no. <laughs> like it's just really funny. Yeah. Um, the puppeteering was amazing, and John pointed out this to me. I haven't had a chance to like really dig into the behind the scenes stuff, but John pointed out that they did have Shirley Henderson come back, who did the original Babu Frick in the rise of skywalker to do the voices for these ones too and that's why they sound so similar which i love because fun fact about her not only is she extremely talented she took time to learn how to puppeteer this puppet so that she could properly do the voice and act out within the scene with the actors which i just think is like perfection It, it, it felt like obviously it's comic relief um it's it was just such like a muppet george lucas star wars moment like it, it just meant a lot for me like yeah. from the moment they looked down and the little door was in the the like walkway i was yeah. like that would be perfect to add to galaxy's edge it would take no effort to add a little and door it, and a right little... yeah it's yeah, short yeah. term it, nothing has to be there just a little thing that says in arabesh and zelen droid repair droid with a window yeah, or something that would be hilarious yeah yeah. yeah yeah and it's like a short-term recency nostalgia for babu frick who like we just met four years ago and we're like oh and I, th- and I think that's important. I saw this and I thought, you know, the people that don't like Rise of Skywalker or they never saw it, there's there's a chance that they do enjoy this and then they piece together things and they go, oh, maybe Rise of Skywalker isn't so bad, you know, or something like that. It's, I'm not going to um, lie. I watched this scene thinking 
this might be one of my funniest scenes in Star Wars. We did this recently. I think in the past year or so, we did like top 12 funniest moments in Star Wars. This is uh-huh. my number one. Yeah, I was, yeah, was one I've watched it runs. 50 times today. <laughs> it, like if you think about the little doorway and the varying different puppets there, like absolutely Jim Henson, but like specifically to me, it made me think of like Fraggle Rock. Because yes. you got that little pathway and you have to crawl in there to get into that room. <laughs> and then there's just there all like... these different puppets just around and they're clearly these tangible things. Uh, it was it... it was such a cool little reprieve from the plot. And it was just like, yeah, it's part of the story because he needs the he needs the part to fix IG-11. I get that. But it was just a nice little like, let's just have some fun for about three minutes. Mm-hmm. If and you looked inside my head as a Star Wars person, that's what's in my head. That droid Smith <laughs> <laughs> workshop. Yeah. And Carl uh, Weathers just leaning over and, and yeah. obviously so, doing those translations that he didn't need is just yeah. so funny. And and Carl Weathers is clearly in the scene, but it's like when you think of Mando sitting there like squatting down and it's like the three and Zell and saying uh, Grogu, it's like four puppets. It also sort of took me to Empire Strikes Back Luke in the hut. Like, you know, he's ducked down and then you have like Yoda, like, yeah, around, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Yeah, And it's like this actor is crouched in this little space working and talking and trying but to make it multiple. real, have a conversation <laughs> with the, with this Muppet, you know, it's, it's pretty wild, but it's like, that's Star Wars, man. That's why yeah. we like it. Michelle They're said like- it best in the chat. She said, I've said. What do you want? They're like they're like an old Italian family working at like a pizzeria. And they're like my, yeah. oh, my favorite my favorite line. He goes, This is my friend. And it goes, Not your friend anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, he kind of said the same thing with like C3PO. He's like blank, blank, his- but he said broke, broke. Yeah, but all um, the buddies started laughing when he said that. Not your friend anymore. Yeah. And they all start laughing. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, you get part, we fix. It's like, all right. <laughs> Sounds like a good deal. Sounds like my um, mechanic, right. honestly. Good part. Good part. Um, I, wa- I was going to pick that, but we're not doubling down here. Um, so my other favorite part, which I feel like, you know, did that thing I was alluding to before, which is like blending eras of Star Wars, because this reminded me of The Empire Strikes Back and also um, the prequels, Attack of the Clones, was the space battle uh, in that asteroid field with the pirates and Mando. And, you know, every aspect of it, because it had humor, it had high action, um, it it had suspense to it, and the special effects were outstanding all the way through to the, the final shot where he sort of, blasts off uh han solo style when r2 fixes the hyperdrive is what that reminded me of in empire but seeing him evading the asteroids and initially with that type of ship made me think of obi-wan and attack of the clones when he's um ironically going against two mandalorians in uh yeah boba fett and jango fett and then also some of the shots he was doing evasive maneuvers like han did in the asteroid field in empire and then you add the pirates to it yeah right yeah. And you had the pirates to it who you had a Trandosian in there. You had that, the I forget, the, the dog species, the ones that look like bulldogs. And then you oh, had obviously yeah. the, the main pirate there and a leading, and they lead him into uh, the main Yo, boss. Yo, Vase sucks, that yeah. main pirate guy. He sucks. Yeah, yeah. So his name is, yeah, Garian Shard. Garian Shard. And that whole thing like looked really cool. Uh, I love the makeup on that guy. I thought that was awesome. And then seeing 
him sort of like get miffed that he just missed Mando and Mando saying dank Farrick. Uh, you know, he's coming great... back. This was one of the moments that I was like, okay, why are they introducing exactly. this guy? Yeah, we're not going to see. We're, that's not the last we've seen <laughs> oh, of that. I don't know. Sure. I kind of yeah. thought this was like a great like job of the hut moment where like you just have Which this might cool be thing. true too. I just feel like there were a couple moments in the episode. This was one that I'm like, okay, this guy's going to come back eventually and cause more trouble. Yeah, it's like the the prisoner episode. Uh, those mm-hmm. that gang like resurface. I, I feel like with the the Western motif that they're going for here, things always come home to roost. And Rick and did this one. You. And Rick's yeah. doing seven and eight. So I feel yeah. like, oh. yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that they'll they'll have they'll play a role at some point. I don't think there was uh, anything just accidental or momentary about that. Um, I so, I gotta say, so. I loved this guy. Like this was, this reminded me but, of Captain Kennedy. Like it yes, was just like, we yeah. got this moment for a second and we're like more of that. Like that's a, that sucks that we only got just a little bit. I was really excited about this guy. And I think the, and he was possibly, possibly my favorite moment. I have to go with Pergils, but I love the puppeteering on this. Like the fact that you cut to this scene and you've got this like giant, contraption uh, the character that wa- is like walking around with the cane and bah, 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 and i'm <laughs> right. like oh my gosh man this is so cool it's, it's a lot of fun and really cool and yeah i know one of my bold predictions from our episode on monday if you haven't checked it out yet check it out uh, if you want um i said grief carga is gonna die i think these guys are gonna go back and kill grief carga i mean they do Could have be. a very big like chip on their shoulder from him because they wouldn't he wouldn't let them drink in the school (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah right which is a little weird still and was that the first time we've seen uh, it it called a bar in star wars and people get so like upset about earthy terms in star wars but he's like it used to be a bar (laughs) (laughs) that that moment felt so real to me in a very stupid way like i could honestly see like real police like talking to people be like like, I don't know how to explain this to you. It's a school. It's not a bar, you know, or whatever. Right. And right. it's like, yeah. not to me. And they're trying to be all tough and stuff. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, people are so stupid. And it made me, like, hate these pirates for being dumb, but yet, like, aggressive. Like, a, still a threat. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with people like this who just insist yeah. that this is a bar and not a school anymore? They can't see the positive here. Like, right. oh, my gosh. Um, all right, so before we now just have an open chat overall about the episode, um, let's check in with some of those super chats. Yeah, so we have a super Ooh. chat from Soonerthron. Thank you hey. so much. Who said, How Yo. many years passed? Armor has like 25 recruits. Bokatan needs recruit better than, she, better than she has a castle. Armor has a cave. Killer rocks. <laughs> Space whales. Nice. I love that. The end there. Um, nice. I think. Favreau said that it was about two years, right? He had said two he years. He clarified between... it today or yesterday yeah. at the premiere. He said yeah. it's almost real time. So Book of Boba Fett is a year after Mando season two. So he spent a year with Luke. And then now Mando season three is them being reunited for a year. Got it. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Okay, thanks, Sooner Throne. Appreciate it. Mike is up next. Thanks, Micah. Super chat. He said, Space Whales. Space Whales. Yes. I get thanks, it. buddy. I get it. Appreciate it, man. And we have Kyle Beckworth. Kyle. What up, Kyle? Hey, Kyle? Thanks for the super chat. He said, Did you think that the beginning of the episode was a flashback to Din's initiation before he showed up? Great episode. Bang. It crossed my Bang. mind. 
Yeah. Bang. <laughs> oh my gosh. The only I would have yeah. if we didn't see the armorer and Paz Vizsla, if it was just other Mandalorians in that kid, I would have been like, oh, that's that's a young Din Djarin. But for some reason, she just looked like she looks now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like if it was a flashback, they would have changed her look a bit so we understood or that. Or it's a different person. I think she's the same age as Din, no? I mean, roughly. I thought that that was another aspect, too. Is she seems about the same age, roughly. Yeah. So yeah. if he was a kid, she would be too young. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was... Uh, across, like, way older. That was the kid who played the, the Tuscan kid in uh, Book nice. of Boba Fett. It's Jimmy Kimmel's nephew. Huh. Yeah. I, do, do you guys... The, the were, were you reading any rumors about the point of this kid or anything? Like, I don't know what you guys think. It, is there... I think it was just someone's kid. kid? I think it was just the kid and they're showing that they're trying to rebuild. They're trying to rebuild okay. and also shows the risk of the monster about to eat a kid. Like that's yeah. A... yeah. It did well, seem to keep cutting back to Paz Vizsla though, multiple yes. times. So. Yes. Awesome. Thanks, Kyle. Appreciate if anybody it. Knows about the Thank rumors. you, Kyle. Then we have Chibigon89. Hey Danny. And she asks, uh, thanks for your super chat. She said, uh, the scene with the Anzellans just cracked me up, <laughs> especially did going Grogu no. Oh tell me about yeah. it. Like every day <laughs> yeah. of my life. Yeah. Uh, nice. thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you. So, let, let I want to kick things off with with two things. One, we just brought up that sort of timeline aspect. Man, people are get, getting so chapped about the whole timeline thing. I, I just can't. I I, I want to be real quick on this. I just don't understand that because, like, ninety five percent of the people who watch the original trilogy have zero idea there's a three year gap between A New Hope and Empire, or a year between Empire and Jedi. Because both those things start end and start as though it was not that long. You know, Luke mm-hmm. still doesn't know what he's doing with the Force. Han still hasn't paid off Jabba. And then Return of the Jedi, at the end of Empire, he's like, we'll meet it on the rendezvous point at Tatooine. And then they waited a year? Like, it's mm-hmm. just like, I, I think people just need to, like, just dial it back a little bit. I don't think it's that big of a deal. And I think people are going to forget all about this sort of thing. Sort of like the controversy with the grogu and the eggs it's just one of those mando things that some comes up every year can can i ask though because i know because i totally agree with you what is the kind i didn't see this there's people that are mad that time has well so much so that favreau had to be asked to clarify it yesterday yes he's been asked about it by a couple different outlets so so he he said said in like some type of round table or something amongst a couple people that the time had been a jump of one to two years he was speaking Mm -hmm. casually um and a bunch no, of no i that... i yeah i did get that what Go so the, the controversy controversy was that people were upset that they didn't think like that should have been the time or it wasn't clearly said or i don't oh. know it just didn't be- seem believable yeah i don't know yeah that, that that's all seems totally fine to me like my response is I, I it's his story it could be 10 years two years three days it doesn't matter it's his story that's that's yeah. my response yeah, yeah. it's it, it, it tell me doesn't. how many years are in between episodes two and three and then maybe i'll, I'll let you have an argument <laughs> yeah right because right now i don't know that it's i think Nine. it's between two and three. Oh, i thought you said one and two two and three no. isn't it like no. i don't know how much see it's yeah. just it's kind of it's fine it's totally fine they've just made so yeah. many stories it's hard yeah. to tell at this point yeah that's the one yeah. that always gets me though that that one's kind of tricky yeah i don't know why yeah but um so th- the beginning of the episode i you know you see you're seeing how these mandalorians are just like <laughs> not doing well 
<laughs> you know, they're getting this thing comes out of the water. She doesn't even get to finish this kid's initiation. And this croc beast comes out and it looked like a they're getting turtle. they're getting manhandled and annihilated mm-hmm. by this thing. And then when when the N one shows up, it feels like like when people are in, like in a Superman movie when like a building's falling and there's a, about it's about to land on a right. baby carriage or something, and all of a sudden the theme hits and Superman flies in in a blur. It was like this epic entrance that felt like a classic you know christopher reeve superman movie or something and i thought it was so cool because it's like they're just again reminding us and setting the table that like the mandalorians are not doing well at all even his own faction that he believes in and he's this just chosen one that's always that's there to be the hero and be the savior regardless if they want him or not that's the thing is he keeps coming back right but i i like the fact that it's 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 very on the surface they're just like it's hero time. Here's here's Mando to save the day. And I thought mm-hmm. that the was a great way to reintroduce in. him. Yeah. There's little hints of it. And then when he finally lands and that cockpit opens up, doo-doo, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. okay, wow. We're here. Right into the title. We've landed. The, yeah. Grogu's like, he's like, hi, I'm here. Yeah. I think <laughs> he likes, uh, like, the. he's a little dramatic with his entrances, Grogu, because he's always like hiding somewhere and then popping up love it oh right yeah that was so cute yeah yeah um all right so bo-katan let's go back to bo-katan because well overall i'll say i think everyone like brought their a-game with this season i think grief carga i think carl weathers like had some of his best work so far in the series robe behind him oh my god the droids were hilarious (laughs) having these little droids that carry his robe yeah such a funny detail he yeah. had the funny moments, but he also had some serious moments as well that um, I don't know that we got that from him in terms of a performance quality in the first two seasons. So I feel like he really is bringing it in this season. And then I, Katie Sackoff, like I think she's taking it to another level. And James, before we recorded, you had mentioned that it really felt like she has purpose here and she like it feels important that she's mm-hmm. here now whereas maybe in season two it felt more like here's Bo-Katan yeah because you, you want to see her yeah i want to i want to go back and like revisit those episodes again because when i when i just just pull them out of my memory it almost feels like a really cool cameo uh but now having seen this episode it feels like there's just so much of the story with her in the castle and sitting on the throne and it's pretty epic i don't know it just it feels more like oh, we're really going somewhere with this, you know? Yeah. It feels like the stakes are high and that there's just this, like, there's this, like, tension brewing and we know something's about to pop and we're just not sure when. And it, uh, I don't know, just she seems like she, I thought she was so good in this episode, you know? And I, I thought I loved her in season two, too. But just seeing, like, the dialogue and how she delivered it with such conviction, I don't think she even blinked. Like, it just, like, she what was just, the line that i loved she said she said uh poisoned ravaged something else like she said like three or four words back to back that like totally i was like that was beautifully said like she says every single syllable yeah. i think well, she, she was has like, a lot of time to practice it apparently she has no <laughs> friends either she has just a droid i think yeah. honestly um when i saw them exchanging with each other i was like i'd like to see a romance between them i'm being honest I'd love to see it. Mm. I 
I could see it. I could see it for sure. I um, would like to see that. I think she's I couldn't alone see it for a right long now, time. but I could see them going that direction if they chose to do that. Yeah, just yeah. because they have the whole thing where she like clearly is like, "Get away from me! I don't, I don't want to talk to you. Like, get out." And then yeah. he's just like, "Hey, I need your help." She's like, "No, get out." Well, and I think it's an interesting <laughs> dyna- dynamic because she comes from a place of like just more strong energy than he does. And he seems so stuck in his ways and she's trying to kind of open his eyes. And we've seen that in previous episodes too, where she's like, you leave your helmet on? Like, why? I mean, for her, I feel like she has a personal grudge against him because she has every right to have everything. Like she was the princess. She basically ruled and she saw Mandalore in its prime and she held the dark saber at one point. And if there's one group of people that she hates, she hates the cultist. And here is this guy and he keeps owning her. He keeps coming back and he keeps like topping her in one way or another. And now he's got the dark saber. She's just like, get out and let me wallow in my pity. I, people in the chat, Steve is saying, damn, Lacey really wants some romance. You're right, I do. <laughs> and so I'm looking for it. And I think well, Din deserves some happiness and romance. And I think Bo Katan also does. And they have them on every poster together. Right. So if so Star that was Wars is going to do romance, you have two people, similar age, both care about the same thing, both looking to save Mandalore. Come on. Come yeah, on, I mean, Favreau. Come on. <laughs> there's that one officially released image from I think it was Empire and it's like the two of them with Grogo in the middle and look like a family photo. The ones they <laughs> released today where it's one half of her helmet, one half of his helmet make one helmet. Yeah. Yeah. A and dyad. Were kissing. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I mean I wish, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I also love that she's so dismissive of the children of the watch. Yeah. She just yeah, like yeah. basically just calls it nonsense. And he's just like, Well, look. I, you know, I got to do this. So what do I got to do? And she's like, look, man, if you want to go for it, but here's where it is. Go there. But that's Uh, what I'm saying. He meets her energy with such like a, okay, whatever. But like, he's very strong and stubborn. And so is she, but in different ways. Yeah. Well, he's stuck. He's so stuck on the creed of the children of the watch that. Cause it's all he knows. He, he feels like he needs to like, this is a kid who is like an orphan and like what happens to an orphan more than anything is like, they want that belonging and they want, you know, they're afraid to lose that family that took them in because they were already left once before it's in, it's inherited. It's in there. And he all, so you know, his mind is so focused on getting back in their favor. Cause that's all he ever knew. It's called and trauma. Then, and then she comes along and she's like, uh, yeah, that's all garbage. <laughs> Like my family right? it's all you've ever known yeah whole place um, we know the i deal. just keep i just keep picturing like somebody who's like next in line to be president and they're like i love washington dc but one problem we have is like gangs and cultists and then like cut to years later and it's like washington's demolished and like you're the one sitting there and there's like one cult dude comes back and he's like we have to rebuild the city like how we had it it's like no you're weird <laughs> you're the crazy one that we all hated we all hated right. you why are you the one that's trying to rebuild this can't you and see he has the dark saber demolished yeah. oh yeah. my gosh yeah yeah. So yeah yeah no doubt what you got how do you guys feel about seeing uh ig11 again this I thought you were going to go very different with that. 
I thought you were going to say, how'd you guys feel about Cara Dune being mentioned? I thought well, we, we were going we from knock that out too. I, I thought that I thought was, was perfect. That they I thought it was perfect. Yeah, yeah, she was recruited by special forces. Bang. Bye. Bye. See you later. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was perfect. Yeah. I, it was, I don't know what more they could have done. The only thing about it was in that moment, it felt like it was. I was only hearing this line because they have to address a it. throwaway. Yeah. Yeah. It was it. like, it's not really that important, but, and then I was like, but it, but Dave Filoni's comments about it and stuff, it, it is sort of important. You got to mention it. So I don't know if it, it felt a little odd, but at the same time, it's like, I think they probably handled it as best they could. They didn't downplay the character or anything. They just kind of addressed why she isn't Marshall. Right. Like right. I need a Marshall. What about Marshall Dune? You know, like you already have a Marshall. No, she had to yeah. leave. So, Special Forces is the new owning a deli in the Star Wars galaxy. <laughs> yeah. But so, IG 11. Uh, yeah, IG 11. So, w- real quick on that, like if he comes back <clears throat> and Tyke is in the credits as the voice, so he's he was back doing that, which is cool. Um, and if he comes back, it's also sort of honoring quill because quill is the one who reprogrammed ig11 to be sort of the nanny butler droid that uh they sort of became attached to so it's honoring that character that a lot of people forgot about that uh, we used to call ug nolte because of nick nolte but seeing ig11 was really cool but that was a little scary when they when they uh fired it back up and had the old uh mission protocol and it was just that thing was gut- that was like the Terminator. That was like the that, Terminator. And it, was going, it was very, obviously the Terminator. Yeah. yeah. It also felt very Walking Dead to me. Like I can't remember what specific oh, sure. like episode it was because I'm not a gigantic Walking Dead fan. But I know there's a part where it's like half a body is just crawling, and the main characters are like, "Oh my god!" Because it's like mm-hmm. even yeah. when it's dead, it's not dead. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. It was creepy. It was definitely creepy. The- Poor Grogu. I liked the scene, but I wish it was a little bit different because it f- Mando felt very incapable in that moment. Like they've been it, throwing around around Grogu a lot in this season too. This episode alone, <laughs> they like keep throwing him. <laughs> it popped yeah. up. IG Eleven popped up. He started shooting, and he starts shooting at it, and then it falls over, and it's crawling on the ground, and everybody's like, "Shoot it!" And he's just shooting it. Shoot it! And he's shooting, and, he's, and I'm like, "It's two feet in front of you." hit the dang thing you know right and i think there is one shot where it looks like the bullet like deflects off or something but that i mean maybe not because he obviously shot it in the original first episode and it just mm-hmm. damaged him so diana i don't know says it was it a little incapable yeah diana said it was in the chat the first episode of walking dead that's why i know i've only seen the first episode of walking dead <laughs> and uh yeah he gets back into the corner he throws grogu which is a little weird and then then the the droid knocks over the thing and mando's got like a an 80s uh action film line that's using your head yeah oh big what is this yeah Yeah. what am i watching right now that was very arnold yeah yeah, very terminator and i i thought it'd been funny and maybe he did and i missed it because i only got to fully watch it once i skimmed through it before because i got home late it's a long day um but 
if he was like sh- Mando shooting it, and you just see IG Eleven just goes like initiating self destruct. <laughs> well, yeah, I was surprised they didn't go that route because I was like, that was such a funny joke. It'd be a callback. Oh, that's so good. The, He's like, no, real danger, not this thing grabbing his leg. You know, I was like, if he initiates self destruct, then that's it would immediately have escalated that situation, and they needed to deactivate him quickly. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. Nick yeah. asks a good question here where he says, but he, he didn't mind it, but he also doesn't understand its existence. Why wouldn't a new memory chip not bring in the IG he wanted anyway? I I don't know. It's one of those things too that this was one of those moments I said earlier that I was just kind of like, okay, what's the point? And I think the point was to get him to go on his journey, right? To get him going. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, no one's ever really gone, Nick. So, you know. <laughs> Um, we do have some super chats. Yeah, do you want to get through some of them? Yeah. So we have yeah, yeah. Luke, aka Count Pepto. What up, Luke? Thank you for the super chat. He said, "What's up, TRB? Thank My you. new bold up, prediction: Mando removes his helmet to reveal a sh- Chandler haircut, specifically Chandler from season one. Bang. <laughs> Chandler, bang. <laughs> Got it." <laughs> Thank you so much. And Paul's back again. Hey, Paul, how's it going? He said, anybody else think Din is going to get the memory circuit he needs from IG-88? Maybe have him take it, take him down to get it. I mean, that'd be cool. Uh, I don't know what the status is of IG-88 at this point in the Star Wars timeline, timeline. but why not? Yeah, it's not a question for me. It's a question for Filoni, honestly. <laughs> no, hold on. IG-88 was seen shooting at Sabine or possibly Jyn Erso in one of those uh, adv- adventures, Star Wars ad- with Maz Kanata things. Oh, oh okay. Forces of Destiny. Forces of, Forces Destiny. of Destiny. Oh, I you're think. right. Yeah. So I think Good that IG-88 is still around for this. But well, actually, that would be before. Yeah, it would be before. Yeah, yeah. right. Good pull. I know IG-88 is in... Oh, For some reason, I was thinking Fallen Order timeline. He was in Shadows of the Empire. <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm canon. reading... Oh yeah, reading the new book. Um, yeah, I don't know. Awesome, that'd be cool. Well, thanks anyway, Paul. Thanks yeah. for appreciate it. Awesome, and thanks that's to, it. Thanks to the Sullivan family for for watching today. Appreciate. Yes, it. it's always a um, good time. So, um, <clears throat> I know people had issues with the the episode length, but I think, like I said, I think those will fluctuate. Um, but uh, other other parts that uh, we need to dig into here. It was pretty segmented, so you had. The Mandos with the initiation, him saving the day. Then you had right. the Navarro. Then you had the space battle with the pirates. And then you had him going to see Bo-Katan. So a pretty straightforward episode, but I think it's like laying the foundation bricks of where the story is going to go. Um, so I, overall, I, I thought it was a really strong episode. And I just really enjoy the fact that it took all the elements of Star Wars and put them all together and 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 gave us like the laughs and gave us the seriousness and gave us the lore connections and gave us the connections to animation and expanded upon a bunch of characters and brought back characters. And then when you start sit back for a second and really zoom out and look at the Mandalorian, it feels so familiar, but it's mm-hmm. like in a very short period of time, you know, 16 episodes and you include book of Boba Fett, of course, too. They've made these characters feel like we've known them forever. And that's John Favreau just really slowly and methodically d- 
developing the, these characters. And like, we, uh, you know, we go back and think about season one and season two and people are like, ah, it's the adventure of the week. Oh, this is the, just another adventure of the week type of show. And that's a filler and stuff. And it's like, yeah, but then everything sort of has a reason. And then you, you find yourself way more attached to these characters, whether they're villains or good guys, just in terms of like, as a star Wars fan, being attached to these characters more than we realized. And it's like he incepted us with the storytelling. Mm -hmm. So I just think they're doing such a good job. And the fact that, you know, we've, we've talked about this, he's already written season four. Um, and now we're seeing this stuff, knowing that he has already wrote the story for season four, as this plays out, uh, gets me excited too, because that's again, more of like the plan in place sort of thing. So I'm really excited to see where it goes. I think this is a really strong episode to kick off the third season i laughed but i also was like wowed and i and there were some moments where it was like tense and stuff like that and i know there's a lot more coming yeah there were I'd a couple like moments to... that oh. we didn't talk about yet which was and i'm looking at my little notepad oh before um, you bring it up let me make yeah. this point real quick because sure. i'd like to i'd like to see the math on how long how, what, what is the runtime of mandalorian compared to every other or like every, all the movies like mm -hmm. episodes one through nine get that full length runtime of, I don't know, I'd probably say somewhere around like 20 hours. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it's like how long before Mandalorian and book of Boba Fett as one whole entity oh, like, yeah. sort of takes over that. And I'm like, you gotta be close. It, it, oh yeah. Not, like, like five seasons, probably four, four hours a season, but it might already be there. If you consider, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, some some are probably like thirty minute episodes, roughly. So it's but it is also it's close. It's close. And movie storytelling is a lot different than TV storytelling. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard. To, it like making the direct comp is is going to be tough to do. But I see what you're saying. And mm -hmm. and also to like just that that's also sort of in a way like three different segments. Like that's Anakin's story. That's Luke's story. That's Ray's story. Right. Yeah. Continually been like Mandalorian, like and if like a little bit of Boba Fett story, like yeah, not to you know, I guess referencing like Carl Weathers, like if Rocky was a TV series, like the training montage would be like two episodes. <laughs> yeah, it would have been just setting up for yeah, there would have been one episode where he's just it, eating but, yeah. raw eggs, and they're like, okay, <laughs> okay, catching the chicken for thirty minutes. All right, mm -hmm. yeah, so. I don't think we talked about Pelimato at all. Was that in this episode? Nope. Um, well, she's teased, so she's probably coming at some point. Oh. Yeah. yeah. She was in this episode. Oh, no. Someone no. just mentions Boonta Eve in this episode. <laughs> I have on my notebook. So but that's the other thing I was going to mention is that what um, Carl Weathers had said was he they brought up the new republic and he said that he doesn't want to learn uh be ruled by some far off bureaucracy and i thought that was very interesting because it's tying it back to the new republic it republic and tying it back to like carson tava and the rangers and like oh yeah it's going to be interesting to see where that character shows up mm -hmm. um the other thing that really stood out to me was the kawaki and lizard monkey so I don't know if anybody remembers this, but back in the day before Mando came out at Celebration 2019, they showed us a clip of Mandalorian before anything else. Um, and it was about 10 minutes and it was 
um, the Mandalorian walking down the streets of Navarro and in the outpost, there were these Kwaki and lizard monkeys that are in a cage watching other ones get roasted. And it was this moment that I'll never forget because everybody in the audience went, no. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh no um but in this episode they show them free and in the trees and like living their life and i just love yeah. that yeah and I, there was an interview from the premiere i don't know if it was filoni or favreau who said like you never know it's possible that salacious crumb survived just like uh max rebo did mm-hmm. and that sort of thing so imagine that imagine salacious crumb comes back some at some point not necessarily in the mandalorian but that he survived somehow That'd be awesome. <laughs> right, right. Be that so would cool. be good. But that it was cool really seeing them in the in the trees, like these little like annoying jerk pests. Almost like the two old men in uh Statler and Waldorf in the Muppets. They're mm-hmm. just up in the balcony, like laughing at you. Like they're just the Navarro. The the Navarro species in Star Wars, Kawaki and Monkey Lizards. I think they're so <laughs> great. Even the steroid jacked up one, Jack from... Jacked Kawaki and Monkey Lizard in yeah. uh Resistance. Yeah. They um <laughs> I haven't felt this excited to go back and look for the Easter eggs in Navarro since the very first episode. Oh, the chef droid with the knives. Remind yes. me of the prequels. Yeah. Yeah. Where he's like really the street cool. vendor. Right in the streets the of Navarro. Oh, was yeah. that here? Because they yep. had one in Book of Boba Fett too, didn't they? I think so, but they, they had one know. in this episode yeah. too. It was in Obi-Wan, wasn't it? I'm not well, sure. Obi-Wan, but he was yeah. working at the, at the meat factory, so that might have been that. The other thing, the uh, Anselin says poodoo, which made me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Little stuff like that. What am I thinking of? There was like a scene where somebody goes back to like a kitchen and there's like a droid chopping and they're like trying to capture somebody. Oh, that was Obi-Wan. Was that Obi-Wan? Yeah. I I love that droid. (laughs) Yeah. That is cool. That's the future of... uh... Hibachi. It's a hibachi table. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Humans have no chance. We got the Terminator. We got hibachi robot chefs. We're in trouble. We're in big trouble. Everybody in the comments is saying it was Book of Boba Fett. That that was. Yeah. Let me go back and watch all this stuff. Everything is blurring together. (laughs) That's the Boba Fett Mando episode. Because it's supposed to be an extension of it. Yeah. We do have a super uh, chat, though, that I want to grab sure. real quick just because Aaron's heading out. He said, got to head out, but it was such a good time, and I'm looking forward to more Mando Fan Show. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thanks, Thanks Aaron. Thanks appreciate it, joining. man. Wow. Um, all right. A- any uh, Anything else? Uh, we're obviously not going to speculate on next week, so next week we'll speculate on the next week. But Guys, I know where it's going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just want um, more incelins. Give me like more of that. More puppets, more creatures. And I feel like this episode had a lot of that, whereas in past yeah. episodes of not just Mandalorian, but in the movies and Obi-Wan and Book of Boba Fett, there's never enough creatures to make it feel like Star Wars. However, there were a couple moments in this episode that I could tell that they were reusing actors and extras and aliens. So just be careful because I was like looking in the background to see like what Easter eggs there were. And I noticed that they mm-hmm. had the same people kind of walk in and out of set, which I understand, but kind of takes away from it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's again, this is like every, every aspect of star Wars put together in, in a nice little blender and it's uh good. And you know, I'm not going to say more on this, but, and I tweeted this out because we were lucky enough to see chapter 18, like, 
if you liked this episode and you like Mando, um, that next episode, just taking every aspect of it from this to the next, to the next. Yeah. One. So I, I'm, I'm glad you said it. Cause I was like debating on whether we wanted to say that or not, but I'll, I'll say it now. I liked episode two. I can confidently that. say and that. I, yeah. And I liked one a lot. Yeah. So it, it, and one helps. That's kind of why I said that thing earlier about like most of the time it seems like two dips a little bit. Yeah. I was like, this is definitely a break from that because I like two better. Yeah. Um, cool. so get yeah, excited. I, I do see that someone said, uh, someone in the in the chat said, uh, "What did we think about the music?" Because they did you know, Ludwig's not doing the music anymore. It's um, right. It's uh, Joseph Shirley who did Book of Boba Fett. I didn't. Mm. I, I mean, I think there's so much of Ludwig's themes that it's hard to like could tell much of a difference so i thought it was good because there wasn't anything that distracted me which is always good i think whatever he did sort of supported what was going on on screen and i think that's really what you want and it seemed like a lot more traditional and i thought it was kind of more more traditional than book of boba fett was i'd say yeah it kind of reminds me of like the natalie holt score with obi-wan where like she it was actually somebody else who handled all of the familiar themes all the john williams things somebody else would come in and do those particular things when you think of the obi-wan score you you think of when those moments pop in but natalie holt who gets the credit for doing the score was doing everything kind of in between those moments where you really like Mm -hmm. recognize that music in this case uh this person's handling both situations but the big standout moments that you're like oh the music it's that familiar Ludwig scores mm-hmm. songs we've heard right. before. So, right. um, but I, I do think that it, everything felt fine. There, there wasn't any point that I thought um, like, why is this music playing or something was weird. So it's definitely being held down perfectly responsibly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's fine. And they, like Favreau said, he wanted to have a sort of a slightly unique sound for the music of mandalorian and boba fett so that you knew like oh that's for what they're doing and i Um, I meant we mentioned it earlier i i don't mind that they played the grogu theme but i would have maybe thought it was cool if they played like a little little rebels Rebels, deal like little ding ding you know or something just Mm -hmm. a little hint at something because it's like you know when you see these this is from this but then people would have been like Oh, that means this is a tie to the Purgles that uh, Ezra flew off into space and, with. And that's know? why it makes sense. And it's totally fine that it's like, let Grogu shine because this is his perspective. Lacey, you nailed it perfectly. Like, Grogu doesn't know what this is and most of the audience doesn't know what this is. So it's supposed to be like, play that yeah. music there. The curious music. Mm-hmm. And I want I want to get, you know, I, I assume they're going to do a gallery on this and maybe they won't go back to season one where they do one for each episode. But um, I I would love the seeing how it came to be where it's like Favreau's writing the story and he's like, and then they're going to go through hyperspace to get to where they have to go next. And Dave's like, dude, this is a perfect spot to slap some purgles there. The fans are going to go bananas, but it won't take people who don't know away from it. And Favreau's like, all right, man, let's get some whales in there. You know, I want to hear those conversations and how they put their heads together. Cause that's obviously total felony. Favreau's not going to be like, yeah, let's get some purgles from rebels in the background of uh, this space travel. I'm, so I'm seeing in the chat, someone saying they don't even remember the rebels themes. It's that dun, 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 
dun, dun, dun, dun, dun, dun, mm-hmm. dun, they like mm-hmm. did a version of that it starts off with the dun, 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 yep. which is obviously john williams but it's like a new variation of it so that's the rebels theme but yeah. i was i was po- po- poking more for like an ezra theme or a thrawn theme or something that they could sort of hint at but again if it was kevin kiner doing the score he would have probably done that but it wasn't so they did he didn't need to pull from his he didn't need to recognize that piece right or anything, right so. right yeah um any final thoughts before we hop out of here we have to head to our q a next no right. i think this was a great episode and it's just getting started guys it's yeah pretty pretty awesome agreed i think this um, is gonna be a great season mm-hmm. i think it's gonna be the best season of mando Ooh. ever i think that could be true i don't think that's a bold prediction either no no bad no bang um all right well we want to thank everybody for uh listening watching if you join us live thank you so much uh love everyone's contribution to the live chat it helps us think of other things we may not have thought of and you all make amazing points and and sometimes much better than we do but we want to thank you for being a part of trb that's what it's all about so uh appreciate it again make sure you subscribe on your preferred platforms and of course the youtube.com slash at the resistance broadcast and if you are a patron, we'll see you in a bit if you're around and uh, available for our Q&A. We're going to go answer questions about Star Wars, about life, about food. Who knows what these questions are, but we're going to answer them on the spot live. So uh, if you haven't yet, patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Hop over there, sign up, join us. And let's have some fun. Uh, and before we get out, yeah, a, a special shout out to our generals and spice runners uh carmelo john reese jetta rosewater frank grande darth hurricane nick kratz christian morales brian smith matt chitty danny mike ramori matt heath brendan mclaughlin count pepto sneaky zebra paul sullivan aaron ellington diana ivar and micah harrison thank you generals and spice runners david Provis, neil shaw kendall gellner ryan Wara, dave hornack thomas hennessy andrew staley jeremy myers and michael fry uh guys are awesome james where can people find you on social media you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, both at Myra Trunks. Lacey. People can name. find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin and on TikTok at It's Lacey Gillerin. Uh, at Johnny Hoey on Twitter and uh, my movie podcast, Just Like the Movies. We're doing a pod on the original Scream. Uh, should be out on Tuesday. So come check that out if you're interested. Uh, we'll be back next week to discuss Chapter 18 with our guest Kevin from Toying Around and the podcast Boba Squadron, uh, which he co-hosts with Paul uh, Son Young Lee. Uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, he's going to be joining us to talk Chapter 18. But also, we'll see you Monday with another episode of the Resistance Broadcast. So until next time, we'll see you, patrons in the Q&A and everyone else. We'll see you around, kids. <laughs>